0: Welcome to Conversations from the Edge of Consciousness. I'm your host, Christine Madeira. For me, and possibly for you, the inner world of consciousness has always been much more real and way more fun than the so-called real material world. Growing up, I thought I was alone in this, but I'm not. There are a lot of us, and far too many have no one to talk to who shares this experience. I've been lucky to cultivate a community of friends who love to talk about the energies, ideas, and vibrations that are pushing the edges of our own consciousness, as well as our collective consciousness. In Conversations from the Edge, we share our conversations with you. Welcome to Conversations from the Edge. This is your host, Christine Madera. We are back with Katie Kiefer and moving into what will be a really fun and interesting conversation. So thank you for being with us again, Katie. Uh, It's always fun.
1: No, it's my pleasure. I have so much fun with this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Me too. So um, why don't you tell people what you want them to know about you right this moment, and then we'll launch into what's next.
1: Okay. So really, um, the big thing I've been doing lately is soul blueprints, and I pair that with the Theta Healing. So um, I'm really blending those together and getting some massive work done really big changes changing different dimensional levels and opening the way for you know all these things that we know it's like it's in the non-physical but where is it in my physical life <laughs> it's starting Gosh. to to really bridge that gap close that gap and so that's it's been really interesting how this is coming together and um coffee with the angels the third one will be published very soon i'm just waiting Yay. on <clears throat> Yeah, Good just being
0: on the cover. All right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, so that's Coffee with the Angels 3. There's two other Coffee with the Angels mm-hmm. available we'll right this moment. All right. So let's launch into a conversation about uh, being in the now and how we are aware and operate and create in the now. So we had a lot of different um, ideas about that, but I'm going to just pass that on to you because you had a really interesting
1: insight that we can start with. Uh Yeah. So really just being in that now moment and observing the self and observing, you know, what we're doing, what is the energy that that actually resonates with? Because so much of what we do is just habitual. We don't even think about it. You know, even very prosperity minded. And even if there's plenty, I mean, I watched my grandparents do this. My grandparents had plenty that Mm -hmm. they had created. But let me tell you, my grandfather would get a cup of coffee in the middle of July because it was free. (laughs) (laughs) And that was, it wasn't even that he wanted coffee. And it was, so it's just these kinds of things. Like to me, that kind of action and behavior actually resonates to scarcity and lack, Mm -hmm. even though they had plenty. And so it 's a matter of what if, if we can be in this now moment and really observe ourselves what we 're doing and, and we 're not going to do this perfectly it's not going to be one hundred percent, but it's like when you recognize that how you're feeling like gets all of a sudden twisted or shifted it's like, oh what caused that where what's the energy that that is where's the resonance so like I was in the store with my daughter yesterday and she wanted a pair of socks and she wanted a, uh, what is it? It was the history channel. Like there was a little magazine with mm-hmm. the Dead Sea Scrolls and she's really academic. And and I've, it, first thing was, well, you, you're going to have to pick one or the other. And I'm like, wait a minute. Why? It was mm-hmm. like immediate. I noticed that I went from we're doing great. And the moment, She had both of those there. I mean, and and, like I asked her, like, well, how much is it? And I don't think there's anything wrong with that to kind of keep track Mm -hmm. of where what you're spending. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's, I went, I, because I could feel like this contraction happen. And it's Mm -hmm. like, well, wait a minute. So, where, what am I doing now that is resonating to a scarcity or a lack? And I'm like, never mind. I said, just get (laughs) them, get them both. (laughs)
0: She did, and I've noticed the same thing. You know, with the feeling and also with thoughts. Like, and and this is another. Uh You know, if you're not really connected with what you're feeling, and that's that's not your space, and it's not everybody's space. You know, to notice your thought process around things, because I've had the I've been watching the same stuff that um, I've been trying to pay attention to where I am in lack, because I think that's really shifting. Um, We're we're kind of in this process of shifting in a lot of things, and one of them is from operating out of a pervasive sense of lack to operating more out of a sense of wholeness. And so I've been really paying attention to where I've been operating in lack and where it shows up for me, um, along with some things about money um, still, and this, a lot of similar stuff, like (laughs) somebody will talk about, oh, somebody was saying that she had gone out to dinner on on a whim because she didn't feel like going to the grocery store. And I'm like, well, how could you afford that, you know? And I'm like, where yeah. did that come from? I go out to dinner all the time. I guess you know, oftentimes, but it's not about the money, um, one way or the other. But I like that was the first thought, and I thought, well, where did that, and who? I didn't know how much money she has. Who cares? And right. but it was this crazy thought. But I also notice it in myself, like in and where I feel unworthy, or um, I feel in in lack that in a non-monetary sense. So I was trying to think of an example of that because I catch them and then it's like catch and release, you know, I catch it and let it go and catch it and let it go and catch it and let it go. But some of those things like, um, Oh, I know what the one from, from years ago is I used to judge, you know, my, my body type, my body size, all of these different things. And I was never really heavy or anything, but I was, I came from, Um, a family where we really judged weight and even like a little bit of of weight that was was beyond what was the Barbie doll sort of thing. And not that anybody in my family was a Barbie doll. It was kind of crazy. Um, Everybody, we just all just sat around judging ourselves and one another about that. And so I I used that, like that was my thing. Like, oh, I couldn't go camping. I'm like, I'm too fat to go camping. And like, this was these really like little things that would pop up. And it was kind of the reason, I, it was an excuse that I used to hold myself in self-denial, really. And that was just kind of my pattern around that, was there was always something that That was the reason I couldn't do something, and it was Mm -hmm. a pattern of of self denial. But it was always around lack. It was never like, yeah, I don't really, I don't really want to go and like not shower for three days, not into camping, thank you very much. Um, It was like, oh no, I can't do that because there's some deficiency in me that makes me unworthy, unqualified, unable to be able to do this. And I still catch myself in in doing that, Um, and it's 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 nuts and it's very pervasive and. It does require that awareness, that like kind of watching yourself in motion, to be able to catch yeah. it without it just being so automatic that it just it it goes by unseen.
1: Yeah, and that's really um, probably one of the most important things is really that self observation, mm-hmm. and it can be kind of in that background awareness. It doesn't have to be hyper focused all the time. At first, it might, but once at, once you get kind of into the practice and really get comfortable yeah. with letting yourself observe yourself without judgment, and that's yeah, that's key. It, it's absolutely from a space <laughs> yeah. of non judgment, it's just you're doing nothing but collecting information and going, Oh, what is that? And the more you can mm-hmm. bring that sense of curiosity and Oh, it actually opens the door for you to see more, which means you can shift more, which gives you more power over your own life. And it's Mm -hmm. a process. It's not going to happen all overnight, but that, yeah, that self-observation from a space of true non-judgment is vital. I I really believe it's a vital thing for us to be able to um, move forward and evolve and create and be who we want to be.
0: You know, and, and one of the ways that I have learned to easily shift some of these things is, you know, I used to go into like the why. You know, well, let's, let's just do a d- big deep dive into like sac- psychoanalyze myself and figure out why all this is true. And what are the stories? Mm-hmm. And how do I shift the stories? And it was like this big, long, drawn out thing. Like you examine the story, you shift the story, you bring the story forward. I mean, it was just crazy. Um, but it was fun. I mean, I had it, I Mm -hmm. enjoyed it. And then I was just like, woke up one day. I'm like, I'm done with that. It just takes too long. It's annoying. What else, what else is there? What else is possible? And so um, what I have been doing more recently and it's gotten faster and faster. So this is my process right now is that when I notice those things, like I just take a step back like energetically or thought or whatever, or I take a step back in whatever way is appropriate in the moment. So whether I notice like a physical habit that I have, um, that I just, and then I just like, it's like I take a step back and I let that, I just notice what it is and the energy behind that habit then releases. Or if there's some kind of lack that I'm experiencing in the moment um, or a self judgment or, uh, kind of a, a thought process that, like, when I was judging, not judging really, but I'm like, well, how can you afford that? Like, what, where does that come from? Instead of going into judgment, I just took a step back and I kind of, it sort of um, rose and mm-hmm. kind of unwound and then went away. And it does take some practice to be able to not attack yourself, judge yourself, try to mm-hmm. figure it out. Oh, yeah. And I know from being a hypnotherapist, one of the things that the woman that I learned from used to say is that why is the booby prize? Because if you spend your time investigating why, one, probably nothing's going to change anyway. And if it does, it's going to be very, very slow. But your why changes. And it doesn't really matter why. It's just, it just is. So if you can just let go of the energy in the moment and allow it to resolve itself and then move from this place of like, a trigger or a stop or an, an energy congestion to an energy flow, then, you know, everything is more likely to, to be in that state of flow and, and flow. Just to ramble on a little bit more, you know, being in that state where everything is allowed and we're not stopping ourselves and judging ourselves and getting caught up in emotions unnecessarily and things is that state of wholeness. It's that state of I am everything and I am worthy and, and that, that place of non-lack, uh, which I don't like to use the word abundance necessarily because that's more financial and well-being type of things, but that place of being um, f- being whole, of being yeah. full, of being, you know, of, of allowing everything, denying nothing, not from a, a personality perspective, but from a an, an experience and energy perspective, and knowing that that you're everything and that that you're okay and you're whole and and whatever is happening in your life is fine um and you can choose to respond to it and however you choose to respond to it or you can be the creator and create something different based and change your resonance which is where we were going to originally start with this conversation Hmm. okay
1: resonance yeah never mind resonance yeah resonance (laughs) no that's great that's great um, I don't know. It's circled around. I, you know, the first word is like, oh, we took a detour, but it's not a detour. No, it's not. It's always just interesting uh, for us anyway.
0: I don't know if anybody yeah. else is interested in, but you know.
1: Well, well, and if nothing else, anybody who's listening, if you're listening, you know, and you find yourself in these conversations, we're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> they are fun and they're actually i think there's a level of they're becoming more normal yeah i hope i so. appreciate yeah
0: i mean that's why yeah. we did this right we've been talking about this for a couple of years to be mm-hmm. able because we we all knew people uh, lots of people and clients who are like i can't have these conversations with anybody else like there's nobody i can talk to about this stuff and i was like this is insane then we got to, as I talk like this all the time, I talk like this to people in the grocery store line, whether they want to or not. But for some reason, <laughs> but for whatever reason, like that's my, it's my, it's the place where I live. And when I start talking with people, more often than not, they come to my place. And I'll, you know, I'll be with them wherever they happen to be. But if they're with me for more than about two minutes, you know, I just, they come to my place and that's where we talk. And then, Sometimes I walk away dazed, but whatever. Um, but having yeah, these well, I, conversations is, mm-hmm. is important, I think, and putting them out there was, was wanting to kn- let people know that this is actually real conversation.
1: Yeah, they are real conversations. Yeah. And, 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 you know, that actually brings me through to resonance of truth. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, and, and actually that's one of the biggest things to pay attention for is the resonance of truth and not so much what resonates as true for you because mm-hmm. that resonance of truth if you have a misunderstanding or have a belief system that you believe to be true
0: mm-hmm.
1: what you're going to resonate with with that is going to reinforce that it's true that's yes. not the same as is this empirically universally true they're very different But or <laughs>
0: So the other part about that universally true piece too, though, I think is, you know, being human, we still probably are very limited in what we understand as a universal mm. truth.
1: Absolutely. And
0: so what is being able to be free and loose with truth? So not holding on to like an ideology or a way of thinking or a particular piece mm-hmm. of truth that has has served you well in the past and assuming that that same piece of truth is the thing that's going to carry you forward but when there's another higher awareness uh, a different level of truth available to be able to let go of that that more limited truth and open to the next level of truth and then when that truth becomes confining then there's another level of truth like it's always mm-hmm. it's this expansive growth it's not It's not this destination. And I, this is my conversation with myself. There's not a destination to a particular truth that then all of a sudden, like that's it. Like then you're done. Um, Right. It is really about the process of exploration and coming to greater and greater levels of awareness and understanding that help you to become more and more free. And yeah, becoming caught in, in a truth or an ideology or making a particular piece of understanding reality and relating to that as reality is not living in truth or reality. It's actually interacting um, with a belief system that's not going to bring you what you want because it is inherently confining. And at some point, you know, your your own inner self is going to push yourself past it
1: mm, and yeah.
0: um, it's not going to be comfortable. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. Develop the ability to, to expand into greater and greater levels of truth without making yourself wrong for the truth that you had, had worked with before. And that's always been my sticking point. I had to work really work through not making myself wrong for something. Um, as I expanded into a greater understanding of things, um, I still sometimes struggle with that.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And I get it. And so that's, you know, the, which circles me. Thank you. Cause it circles me right back around. Um, being able to elevate into higher levels of truth means you have to be able to be truthful with yourself. Yeah. So when we're in that now moment and we are in that space of observing what we're thinking, doing, feeling, and the resonance of what that, what is it res- actually resonating to being really truthful with yourself is sometimes the most challenging thing we can do
0: mm-hmm. but
1: it's also one of the most powerful things we can do because once we get into that space of truth and even the things that have been really hard to look at mm-hmm. all of a sudden when you're in that space of non-judgment and you've, mm-hmm. you've committed to well We're just, it is what it is and we're going to, it's going to be what it's going to be and we'll keep the pieces that are working and that are beneficial and, you know, shift or clear or change or whatever we need to do with rest and being able to recognize where at one time something was true for you and now it's not, it doesn't make it good, bad. It just means it served its purpose and it's, you have outgrown that thing. It's Mm -hmm. kind of, it's... (laughs) this is the first thing that drops in it's kind of like outgrowing our toys when we were children
0: (laughs) yeah you know that's exactly what i was going to say (coughs) well kind of that you know we have to create like our parents did this for us you did this for your kids we have to create a particular you know terrarium of experience for Mm -hmm. people so that they have some kind of foundation in in what is And, you know, oftentimes, you know, we, we hold on to that much longer than it is appropriate. So we need to, you know, we need boundaries, we need to learn what we need to learn about ourselves, we need to learn about life, we learn about, you know, what's what the rules are and things. But if you hold on to the same rules your whole life, like, oh, my gosh, how confining is that? And at some point, and it's always uncomfortable, you know, when you move, I mean, for you or for your parents or whatever, when you move from infancy to toddler, when you move and you're all of a sudden you can be anywhere in the house, you know, pulling stuff out of cabinets. Right. And then you move into, you know, the teenage years where it's all about like, how, can, how many barriers can I knock down? And it's a great time, but it's very stressful for everybody concerned. And then mm-hmm. as you become an adult where you really have to take responsibility for what you are operating from as your truth, like then it becomes really scary for a lot of people, and in a lot of ways, because uh, you know, you know, you have to. You're constantly kind of recreating your world and what's true for you. And when you can recognize when something that has been, um, this is where I wanted to go with this, something that has been liberating. You know, like when you when you first learned how to drive a car. And like that sense of liberation, you've got this Mm -hmm. huge new thing. Like if you think about that in terms of a belief system or a new truth, there's something that's that liberating that comes from that. At some point, when you expand into it and you get used to it and it becomes something that like your first job, unless it's a better one. So your first job, my first job besides babysitting was cleaning a house that my mom got me this job, but she doesn't remember it because I'm sure she's wanted to forget it. I didn't like it. But it was, my, it, was, and it was steady, and I, I stopped on the way home from school, and I cleaned this lady's house, blah, blah, blah. Well, I was done with that after the first time. Like, I was ready to expand beyond that, and, but I was still in there. But had I stayed with that one job, like, forever, or at least all through my high school years or something, like, all I'd have done was clean one house, and I would not really have enjoyed it because that's, like, not my happy place. And instead, I was like, okay, I'm done with this. I'm, like, it was liberating to be offered a job. That wasn't about taking care of our neighbor's kids um, and having that responsibility. And then I did it once and I'm like, okay, I'm done with that. And right. uh, but I had to wait till I was 16 because I think I was 14 then um, to be able to get another job. So then I went and I got a job at like Jack in the Box, like I was flipping burgers at Jack in the Box, and that was really liberating. And but I wouldn't want that job now. But at the time it it was the next step of liberation, right. and so if you relate that to ideas and things and the way of living in the world if you if you're not moving toward the next step of liberation and you stay in that that same box all the time it, it that box gets pretty small and pretty uncomfortable um, and, yeah. and so yeah, stepping outside of that and taking responsibility for actively um, engaging life in that way and and becoming a greater version of yourself by looking this is me okay so my happy place in case you don't know yet is I look for limitations that I live under and I break free like that's my whole hobby that's my entire life you know this yeah. and I created businesses around this I've I mean this is what I do for fun this is what you know I, this is what I do So I think it would be fun for everybody to do this. I recognize that's probably not true. Um, Yeah, no, not
1: everybody operates the same.
0: (laughs) (laughs) However, you know, we all know people who have been stuck in the same box for a long period of time. Like your grandparents were, you know, they're stuck in the box of, you know, they've created plenty, but they're stuck in the box of like the Depression era where, yeah. and, and I, and my grandparents were in the Depression era as well. That you know, you have to be very conservative with your money, and you know, you, you get the free coffee and all of this stuff. And it's, it's a limiting box,
1: it really is. It really is. And you know, we've never been here before, we've never been in this space and place as humanity where there's so much available. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, you know, I've, I've got a a kid who's stressing out a little bit. He's got two jobs right now. He's 19. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's like, I'm thinking I might want to go to college, but I'm not sure what I want to go for. Maybe marketing or business or, but, but I kind of want to, but I kind of don't. And it's, and I just keep trying to reassure him. I'm like, especially right now. I said, we don't know what the world's going to look like in six months. I said, you don't have to make these decisions right now. And he's, yeah. he's, he's got this long vision, which I get. But it's like there's this huge gap of unknown. Mm-hmm. And we're wired, actually, at the animalistic level to know it's like we're supposed to know and now we're in this our animals are freaking out <laughs> we're having this animalistic freak out because so much has been so predictable mm-hmm. and we could at least have some sense of what was coming and we don't really have that now and thank god uh, exactly right, say
0: it. thank god like i am i i <laughs> um I've been so ready for this time because the whole era of all that's been predictable has been crushing to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In a lot of ways it has. And I think that we're going to have this space where there's a little bit of blending that happens. Mm -hmm. There will be some sense. I mean, we're not going to lose all predictability. And part of that, I think, is because we are going to, as we move through this kind of stillness time over the next couple of years, I really do feel that we are going to be moving into this place where we're taking responsibility and we Mm -hmm. are in that now moment and observing and actually learning to experientially be able to create more deliberately. Which means we will also have a sense of predictability. And at some point, I mean, really, we get to where we're mastering conscious creation. It will become a foregone conclusion. That yeah. Once we get through so much experience, we're not going to question it anymore. We just aren't there yet. Very few individuals, if any, on the planet are. And, and most of us are, even those of us who have been in the spiritual realm for a long time, we've had some great manifestations, but unless somebody has been manifesting, manifesting, manifesting consistently, accurately on demand all the time, we just don't have that kind of mastery yet. So we're just, it's the the next piece. So I don't think we're going to lose predictability completely. It's going to get a little wonky for a while. There's going to be some more uncertainty, but it's part of the shift, shifting out of Predictable because of what has been, versus predictable because we know how to make it happen.
0: Well, yeah, that's a whole big, that's a whole different kind of predictability, and that's yeah. much more exciting to me. Like, I'm, I'll, I'll stay for that, yeah. <laughs> for that, yeah, because um, the other stuff was getting really tedious. But also there's, so this idea of creation and manifestation. So very often and how it's, you know, it's taught in terms of energy, but very often it comes across in terms of personality and of ego that we're creating from a projection into the future of what our personality would like versus, and this is what we were talking about before, being in the resonance of what we are. Yeah and allowing life to unfold from there in because we're, we're in that present moment of now in that state of um, uncertainty which you know sounds scary but it's really the state of possibility and allowing what we resonate at now to be what we experience in the now moment and what is being what is coming toward us in every other now moment because we are kind of creating from that place of resonance versus from that place of personality and projection so it's about keeping the energy it's like what we talked about in our last conversation in the moment of now and keeping the resonance in the moment of now and not be in that temptation to project forward in time what we want because if we're projecting forward in time we never really get there because we just keep hunting the ball forward in time exactly um so for and, and one of the challenging things about resonance i think is that so often we're in thought and we think our thoughts are creating our our you know whatever future um that it's, uh, it's hard to sometimes see what you are resonating, although you can usually tell what you're resonating by what your life is, is, is reflecting back to you in the moment, so you can see where you need to adjust that. But so for you, here's a question. How do you know when you're in resonance versus like thought?
1: Well, for one, um, I feel it. I feel it in my body, mm-hmm. and then there there does come that observation piece. That's a question that's really important: is to say, okay, well, what, <laughs> what is this resonating to, and is it resonating from into a belief system? What what is it, and and really allow yourself to be really honest and truthful and examine that. But when when I'm resonating with something. The biggest thing that I've noticed that happens is one, I feel it in my body. And mm-hmm. part of that is just, it's just how I receive information. Not everybody's going to get it the same way. Mm-hmm. But the second thing is, is that the actions and behaviors begin to change. Okay. Which means I'm actually moving it from the non-physical to the physical. And it, the, when I say actions and behaviors change, it could really be as simple as, oh, we're faced with this pattern that has been running for X amount of years or your whole life. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you just handle it differently. Like in an elevated way, there's something, something that bothered you now doesn't bother you. And you're like, which means that how you behave and your actions in that moment can be different. And you are experiencing it
0: in the now. Yes. I think we're so used to thinking about the future that we, you know, that this is going to be this particular way in the future. There's such a big difference between anticipating what's going to be happening in the future which doesn't always happen and experiencing mm-hmm. those changes because you're resonating something new and so as something comes in you respond differently in the now and that right. like it's a powerful difference and it can be a little bit tricky if you're if you're been highly trained to be thinking about to be future oriented um, yeah, but you know, there was one thing that that I did as a as a play as an experiment is I I remembered back years ago that when I was taking my yoga teacher training that we had an experiential anatomy teacher, and it, I learned about the body so much it was so interesting, and she analyzed all of our gates our walking to tell us you know what what we were doing that was anatomically aligned and what we were doing that was kind of operating out of a pattern but but kind of bringing misalignment into the body and i know she told me she goes you, sh- you need to be walking like a gorilla for like a little while and then your body will adjust and you'll come into your natural gait and everything in your life will shift and i thought hmm, okay so, I've kept that in the back of my mind thinking I really like I'm not interested in walking around like a gorilla, but I decided because I've been walking quite a bit cuz you know, we're all homebound now, that I was going to try to walk like a gorilla and see what happened. <laughs> and it took a little while, and I actually had to run that way first so I cuz my body was compensating too fast when I was walking, so I was jogging like as a gorilla. And to to, to bring this different kind of stance into my body. And it, it did adjust. It took a little bit of working with the energy of it to be like, let's just allow this and see what happens. And so I was running like a gorilla. And then all of a sudden I was walking and she goes, you know, you're going to end up walking like a sailor. Like that's, that's how you should be walking. And I thought, okay. So now I'm walking like a sailor. But everything in my life is really changing because of that physical change in my body. And I had no idea how that would shift things both in my body and in my life. But it's one of those things that I finally decided to do differently in the now and see how that, how, see what happened with it. And right. what happened with it was this whole different way of being in my body that I can't really articulate the energetic shifts in the flow because they haven't emerged yet. I'm kind of this has to go from the inside out for me, but it's very different. It's a different way of being in my body. There's a, a, not a lightness, but there's a um, nonchalance and ease Mm -hmm. of being in my body now that I'm walking more in, harmony with what my natural gait is versus kind of how I had learned to walk. That's very cool. So today I was actually doing some writing around resonance and frequency and how do you actually Ah. develop a frequency um, or resonance that you're not currently experiencing? And the answer I got was imagination and to use your imagination to project as if. And that when you're able to do that, and this is my experience, it may not be everybody's experience, but when I'm in that place of imagining what this new resonance could be and I was working for me on you know, money being um, a support for not just for me but for everybody that, that were sh- the shift in part coming for me that I was interested in is that money becomes a source of well-being and support for everybody versus an experience of lack. And so it was experiencing that for me, but then having that experience available for everybody else as well. So it's sort of me, but not just me, not like you know right. me and nobody else. Um, and so in that, though, I was recognizing in that imagination that there were parts of me, there was a, there was a few things out of resonance with that. And that I was able to then kind of go into the scenarios that my that my thought process brought up to see where the disconnects were. And part of the disconnect was, you know, that, that um, I can't force anybody to do this. I'm like, well, of course I wouldn't want to, but I would want this to be available to everybody so that everybody can choose whatever they want. You know, it's like, I don't want to be a dictator, but I, I do like, I want my life to reflect back to me that that money is um, a source of well-being and a and a support system and anybody who's free to tap into that who would who would like it it's available it's not mm-hmm. proprietary and so once i was able to kind of massage that a little bit the whole the some of the um, blocks to it cleared and it moved into a greater resonance of that so to be able to hold that more in the present moment and So that's, you know, imagination is one of those ways to begin to be in resonance and explore and play with some of the feelings or situations that you might want to create um, as we, as we recreate our, our, our whole life and being, because we are, we are moving into something new. Um, And I think we can't really create it necessarily from, this is what I, I want, um, because this is what I am envisioning, as far as the nuts and bolts of how you want your life to look. Because we don't know what's going to be what life's going to be like in six months or a year, but we can kind of resonate with what we want it to feel like, how right. we want to experience that, and begin to build that resonance, so that that as we move forward, then after we come out of this time of quiet, that we're creating that, or that's being created through us. However, you experience that. Um, from the resonance of what you want your life to feel like, which may look very different than had you had that same resonance a year ago. So that was one thing for me that was a a big thing for resonance was to just really focus on how I want life to feel, um, to notice those places where I was out of kilter with that and to, Mm -hmm. we've got this quiet spaciousness right now to begin to really... Play with and massage how we want our life to feel, how we want to experience ourselves in the world without trying to laden it with what it's supposed to look like and um, being able to feel into it and play with it. And like you were doing to see what changes, you know, as you're experiencing Mm -hmm. something and how something shows up differently as this place of exploration, um, as we begin to practice these forms of creation.
1: That's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful, and you know, I, you use a really, really good word. Is we are moving into a time of exploration. I mean, even mm-hmm. as souls, this is not just our human aspect.
0: Yeah. Our
1: souls are also going. Okay, you know, we're in this new, different place in the galaxy where we've never been before. You know, it's like the whole solar system's in a new space of new. Our souls are in a space of new, our human aspects are in a space of new. This is really, as far as we know it, from as humanity, unprecedented, unexperienced before. And so we are really in this realm of exploration. And the beautiful thing that we're going to see is, I I really believe that we will see is that we'll be able to kind of try things on Mm -hmm. and then decide, do we want it or not? Yeah. And, you know, and that's going to vary based on how each individual is wired to, you know, go about that for themselves. But the, the concept remains that they, you know, it's a matter of what does this, re- is this resonance accurate? And because once we get deep enough and aligned enough
0: mm-hmm.
1: between our mental, emotional, spiritual and physical resonance, when all of those are lined up, it's going to show up. Yeah. And so then it's a matter of it's experimenting. And the more we can be in non-judgment, the better off we'll be because we can go, Oh, okay. Maybe that wasn't quite what I was after. Okay. So let's try this a a different way. In
0: in this kind of experimentation, you can really only do this where we are now in this place of uncertainty and the place of the unknown and possibility. You can't do this when life is predictable as easily because we're always being reflected back the things that we're expecting to see. But now, you know, what we expect to see can change, you know, every 15 minutes um, or every day or whatever. So there's not the same um, kind of automatic mirror. And we have a chance to explore and because things are changing so quickly, and everything is in this place of uncertainty, like you can have something show up in a different way, and and recognize it immediately, and then make a different choice. And it's it's a, a playtime um, mm-hmm. in many ways, and you can experiment with how you know you want to play with this, so that um, as we begin to come to more predictability, you can you can still stay in that place of uncertainty and yeah. create as you desire.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely beautiful.
0: Well, thank you. Uh,
1: All right. Do you have any that. last thoughts or are are we complete? Um, you know, really the only last thought I have is we are in a time where we get to play. And yes, there will be probably moments of being uncomfortable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and sometimes even a little scary at times. But the more we can center and ground. And really like keep our feet planted, keep resonating with planet herself as best Mm -hmm. we can and keep that inner sense of stableness and stability. And if it's not already been developed, develop it to the just baby steps count, you know, just Mm -hmm. every little bit you can get will help and it will build on itself. And so That's really, I think, important to be able Mm -hmm. to be grounded, to be centered, to stay out of fear as much as possible, even when you know, I mean, because when we do these shifts, when we start making changes, fear is going to arise. It's just Mm -hmm. a matter of how strong is it going to be and how much power are you going to give it? So being able to observe and go, okay, and, and just continue to move forward as as centered as possible and i think that's really how we're going to get through this shift
0: i agree with you and the one thing i would add is a reminder and i've said this in other conversations with people that fear and excitement run pretty much the same circuitry right. in the body and it is our interpretation of it that makes it either fearful and taps into old fears like the patterns of fear or mm-hmm. that tap into um, you might have patterns of excitement i don't know but tap into the excitement of the play and the unfolding and the the adventure of the moment and so practicing also those that, that that when you're in fear if there are times that you can think about like even getting on a roller coaster or something that you were really excited about that probably felt a lot like fear and yeah. step back into that excitement and and the anticipation of the the joy and the fun and the adventure and the unknown because you know in those kinds of excitement if everything about what you're going to experience is known like there's no fun there the fun right. is in the adventure of the unknown even if you've been on the same roller coaster 50 times each ride is its own experience if you're a That's surfer right. every wave is its own experience so being in that posture of excitement versus fear, it's still a stress on the body, but it is not a stress as stressful on the inner or the emotional system to be tapped into excitement over fear. Right. So I just add that.
1: Thank you. All right. Well, yeah.
0: Thank you. Okay, Katie. So tell people how they can reach you, and then we will wrap this up.
1: Best way to reach me is through the little pop up that's on my websites and there's awakentheinnerlight.com. And then there's coffee with the angels.com. And the third coffee with the angels will be hitting Amazon soon. The first two are already there. And um, yeah, you can just, you can either book sessions or um, just drop me a message. I'm always happy to receive messages from those little Perfect. pop-ups that are on my website. I love All it. All right. Excellent.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to our next conversation already. Likewise.
1: Thank you so much.
0: This is your host, Christine Madera. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation from the edge of consciousness. You can find all our conversations at conversationsfromtheedge.net. You'll also find links to schedule a private conversation with me or any of my friends, as well as tools to help you expand your own consciousness and explore what's possible for you outside the boundaries of your current perceptions. Feel free to use this podcast to start your own conversation by sharing it with friends, on social media, in your blog, or even in your own podcast. And as always, live the adventure of pushing your own edge. It's the most amazing adventure there is.